Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You coming to bed, hon? Yep. Honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow. 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 Ah. Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I hope that you've been well over the past week, which was a busy one with the NFL Combine taking place. In fact, we were in Indianapolis over the entire weekend, and we had some interesting discussions with a few members of the Bears front office. We'll get to that in a second, but definitely a great weekend in Indianapolis for the Bears bros. Today, I'm joined by my two Bears brothers, Brendan Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, who were with me in Indy. Guys, I want to know, how's it going? Usually, I say long time no see. It's short time. Just saw you. Absolutely. I'm doing good. Uh, are you floppy? Floppy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Where did that nickname come from? I know. From? I was trying where to think of it today, and I was oh, like, we were at that uh, Mexican restaurant, I think. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, and you, yeah, you wanted us to call you Floppy, so what's going on, Floppy? Jeez, I don't even recall that, so that's interesting, number one. Number two, I do not approve of Floppy anymore, and three, I'm doing okay. Just getting back into the work grind, but uh, Nick, how about you? Everything going okay? Yeah, everything's going all right. Like you, I'm getting back into that work grind, full week of work. Well, actually, I was obviously missed Monday, but yeah, so it's uh, just getting back into things. Awesome. So in about 10 to 15 minutes, we're going to bring in our draft guy, Steve Letizia, to share his combine winners and losers, as well as some positions of need, uh, some players in some positions of need that caught his eye. But first, Nick, Brandon, and myself are going to take a few minutes to talk about our experience in Indianapolis. And guys, I put in my notes to some things we did, but it was just so much fun. Where do you want to take it? B, Nick, what do you want to talk about first? That's a good question. I mean, I didn't get there until Saturday. Or, well, Friday night going into Saturday, but, I mean, you guys talk, took me to that wing place, which was really good. But Saturday morning was the early morning for us. It was uh, getting up early. It was 
four, my time, five, your time or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be completely honest. I was exhausted waking up, but I remember tweeting that morning that I was not going to leave the NFL combine without a getting a selfie with Ryan Pace. 11 hours later, we ended up getting that selfie. But I think that hallway was the biggest thing, like where we, we met all those met everybody basically from the bears organization. Right. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was hoping you weren't going to give our way our secret, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. So pretty much we planted ourselves right by a plant inside this hallway, inside the Indiana Convention Center, where uh, they had some fan experience things going on. But uh, the first day when Brandon and I went, I noticed this is where a lot of the players were walking by, a lot of GMs, a lot of scouts. And I was like, you know what? And I bet you. Oh, go ahead. I was saying that's when we uh, met our, our first celebrity. We shook hands with Brady Quinn. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is that a celebrity? Well. It was for me. More of a quarterback than you and me. That's true. That's very true. I mean, he was for me. I grew up a Notre Dame football fan. So to see him and meet him for the first time, I was actually supposed to when I was like 12. So it only took an extra like 13 years for that to happen. But it was really cool meeting Brady Quinn. But yeah, that hallway was super special. We got to run into, uh, we ran into Ryan Pace, uh, Coach Nagy, uh, Mark Helfrich, the offensive coordinator, and of course, George McCaskey, who he saw my shirt of the Bears Brothers. He's like, oh, what's that? And I told him about our podcast and we saw him again the next day uh, in the morning inside of Lucas Oil. And he actually asked if we did a new episode. So, hey, we're slightly on the radar here via the Chicago Bears. But uh, Nick, I want to know, what was maybe your favorite moment throughout the entire weekend and your experience at the Combine? Man, that's a tough one. But I mean, honestly, getting there, seeing you guys, it's always great to see you guys. I don't get to see you guys very often. But I think, you know, that Saturday was an event-filled day. We got to see the wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. Oh, we actually, well, yeah, we left a little early for the tight ends, but we got to see them uh, perform and see how they did at the combine. And then, like you said, me being in that hallway, and we also met Chris Sammo, and we talked to him for a little bit. We were supposed to actually meet up with him later that night, but just things didn't work out. But yeah, that Saturday was an event-filled day. We got to see, you know, potentially a couple of guys that the bears could be looking at in this draft. And we got to, you know, get selfies with, you know, like you guys said, pace, Helfrich, Nagy, uh, McCaskey. So it, it was really fun that day. I mean, I can't pinpoint it down to one exact moment was my favorite. Just that Saturday was just an event filled date for us. For sure. And real quick, I want to kind of take some tidbits uh, and share with our listeners uh, from our small, tiny conversations that we got to have with some of those guys, because, you know, we don't ever get access to the team. We don't get to talk to them, do uh, interviews. Uh, so just like, you know, first of all, Coach Nagy, Ryan Pace, you can just hear the excitement, you know, in their voice when they're talking about the future of this team. Uh, Ryan Pace was talking about, you know, they had a few, you know, good meetings. They're talking about uh, Coach Nagy. And when I talked to Mark Helfrich for a few minutes, he just said, you know, A, he's excited to get back to coaching. B, he's super happy to be here in Chicago with Coach Nagy because he is just such, he mentioned like he's such an awesome dude on the field, off the field. And he's just really excited to, you know, building this working relationship with him and working for him and believes that he's going to establish that culture here in Chicago. And uh, McCaskey, he mentioned a few interviews that they had with players the night before when we saw him the second time. And when I was going through Windy City Gridiron's uh, tracker of meetings, it looked like those two cornerbacks, uh, Denzel Ward and Josh Jackson. So it looks like the Bears are, of course, meeting with DBs. And I'm, I don't know if he was kind of trying to give us a nugget or I'm looking a bit too far into this. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but a couple good meetings for the Bears with a couple defensive backs that, of course, they did uh, retain Kyle Fuller, at least on transition tag. So maybe the draft would be a good way to supplement him with a number two corner. But Brandon, I want you to go ahead and take listeners inside Lucas Oil for those three days. Like, what was the atmosphere like? And just explain to them a little bit what we did inside there besides sitting and listening and watching. Yeah, so first thing, before you even walk into the stadium, you hear the, the PA guys kind of making the announcements. Like, you can bring your phone in, but you can't bring video cameras, recorders, whatever, because it is a job interview for these guys. And that's something that they take very seriously. So what what you do is you stand in line, 
Uh, so that way you can go get your seat. They do it in a very orderly, very well-organized fashion, surprisingly, from what it has been in the past, I think. Although in the past there were fewer people that went. So I, I'm even surprised as many people as there were, the thousands of people that went. Uh, but So they organize you in line, and then you sit down in your seat for however long you want to stay. Once you're in there, you can stay as long as you want. It typically only took people like an hour, because I don't think, you know, we all talked about this. It's something that they just weren't expecting. Right. Like what kind of experience it was, but it's very serious, very quiet. You can't have your phone out. There's people that are just watching you like hawks to make sure that you're not bringing out your phone. And if they do, they're going to come call you out on it. And if you do it enough, I think I did see one guy maybe get asked to leave. Um, so it's, uh, they give you like these little card sheets show you for those of you watching on YouTube. So you can keep track of everything and anything you want. Unfortunately, they don't give you pens, which is the <laughs> downside that, you know, Oh, keep track of your favorite players. And then they don't give you a pen. It's like, come on. Uh, but so you get to sit in there and you they have these screens in front of you that has the NFL network uh, broadcast of the of the combine there. So that way you can see it because you're up in the club level seats or the 405 level seats. Uh, so that way you can get a closer view of what these guys are doing on the field. So if you can't see them on the field in front of you, you have a TV in front of you. Unfortunately, something that we all very much dislike is when the guys are running the 40s, they don't have their times on the screen like you would see at home. Yep. So you hear Rich Eisen kind of like, oh, you know, that was a great, you know, a better time compared to his first run. And we kind of look at each other like, well, what do you run the first <laughs> time and the second time? Because, you know, you just don't know and you can't have your phone out to, to time it, uh, even though Nick snuck his phone out a couple of times to do it. But I definitely did. It's beside the point. It wasn't very yeah, accurate, so though. Well, it is what it is. So uh, overall, it's just a very professional experience. Uh, it's not something that if you're not into the combine or watching guys work out, whatever, it's not really for you. You'll get a lot, a lot of the same information at home, maybe even more than you would go in there, but it's definitely something to experience at least once in my opinion. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But yeah, I think the biggest drawback is not having like a tracker on the bottom of the screen to kind of keep your eye on in terms of like times. And of course, uh, what else they're doing, you know, the, the vertical jump, the broad jump, just other things like that, the cone drills, because you just have no clue. And the 40s right in front of you. So of course, you're watching that. But I think Saturday, one of my favorite moments was watching the quarterbacks and wide receivers do those drills, those drills. And of course, you know, Calvin Ridley, the one that everyone had their eye on, uh, we thought he had a pretty, what, what would you call it, Nick? I don't want to say mediocre, but it was yeah. bad. I didn't it think bad. it was okay, good. We go. I, I didn't really think it was good. I mean, uh, I, I think we counted that he had the most drops. He, yep. he, they were running a post corner route, and one of them, uh, Ridley, never got to the corner. He didn't even get really to the post. He got halfway through before slipping on, uh, just lost his footing. So yeah, I thought that was a guy like going in. You're like, he's gonna, he's gonna kill it in this combine. Not that, not that, like, you know. Because he didn't, it's going to hurt his stock, really. I mean, he's still a great receiver, but you just expected a lot from him. But, yeah, he didn't have a good day. No, not at all. And the night before on Friday, we got to listen to uh, John Fox and Greg Olson, as well as Deshaun Kaiser, have a talk about uh, just the NFL Combine in general. And one thing I took note of was uh, how John Fox, he said that, you know, he is excited about where the bears are going despite him not being there anymore. And he believes that they took some great strides under his tenure, which, you know, how he left and how things kind of ended, it didn't feel that way. But when you look at the team he inherited and you look at this fan of the three years, you can still see the improvement, uh, of course, uh, with the roster, uh, thanks Ryan Pace, and what things have kind of transpired, especially on the defensive side. Uh, but he says that he believes that they are going to have some great things in store for them in Chicago under Coach Nagy. So that was exciting. And, of course, it's listening to Greg Olson talk. I mean, 
brought back memories of Greg here in Chicago. So it was pretty nice to see two former uh, Bears people kind of talk. Brandon and I got front row seats to that. I was going to actually ask them a question about Matt Forte, but they didn't choose me to ask a question, which was quite unfortunate for me because I really wanted to give you their answers. But unfortunately, that is not the case today, guys. But uh, any final thoughts you guys want to mention about our experience? Of course, it was nice seeing you. Uh, the launch was pretty fantastic on Saturday. The ice cream uh, really got us over the hump because we were <laughs> falling asleep at about 2.30 p.m. Anything else you guys want to bring up? Yeah, it was super cool to meet a couple fans and take selfies with them. They've never been asked to take selfies before with fans. So like that was a, a very flattering experience. So thank you to you guys for, for coming up and approaching us. Yeah, we met who Q asked for a selfie. Uh, there's yep. a woman that night too. I don't, I don't think we called her name. Uh, I know she tweeted at us, and I don't remember her actual Twitter handle as well or on Instagram. But I want to thank her as well for coming up, saying hey. And then on Saturday we ran to James Mueller. I think is his last name. So it was exciting uh, just to meet a few or a handful of fans from you know, of course. I think most of them are side in the in, in the Indiana area, but of course, it's meeting fans, listeners of the show. It's pretty a surreal moment. There was a time where even Brandon and I went uh, a couple years ago, and it just you go there pretty incognito. We actually went there last year, guys, to the fan experience, and nobody knew who we were. One year later, people were recognizing us. So growth all the way around. Nick, any final thoughts? Yeah, and James, who recognized me at first, I wasn't wearing anything bears or anything like that. I had dress shirt on, and then you have this headset where you're supposed to listen to the NFL Network broadcast, and I thought I, I heard Nicholas. Then I heard it again, Nicholas. I'm like, wait, what? what's going on here? I'm like, who's calling my name? And I look back, and it's James. And I'm like, wow. I mean, he recognized me without, like, any Bears, Bears Bros, or any Bears uh, gear on. So that was pretty cool. But, yeah, it is awesome to see that, you know, people are recognizing us. And, you know, I mean, just shows that we are growing. Yep. And for anyone who is curious about Nick, I mean, I'm sure people are. And his diva status on his show, he confirmed it a few times throughout the weekend, <laughs> whether it be his face wash that is in this nice, cute little bottle for him that he left at my house. And now I have or, you know, his pants that he needs really soft jeans, just small things like <laughs> that, guys. So, Nick, oh. you definitely uh, solidified your diva status. Just a heads I, up. OK, the the face wash, I had nothing else to put it in. So that just kind of worked <laughs> out. And who doesn't want to wear soft jeans? I mean, do you want to wear uncomfortable jeans? Purposely, no, but I don't have that a prerequisite. Like they must be quote unquote soft jeans. <laughs> well, you need to change that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right, guys. So I think that's going to do it for our off the field combine stuff. It's time to get back into uh, some more football focused kind of things. And I'm not saying pro football focused because we're not sponsored by them, but uh, just want to make sure I have that uh, little that cleared up. All right. So up next, we're going to bring on Steve and he's going to be coming in for an in-depth discussion on his takeaways from the combine. But first I need to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears brothers have the SeatGeek app on their phone. It's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can pull out our phones, open the app within a few taps, instantly find some seats. I was actually just looking at SeatGeek a little bit earlier today. There's still plenty of amazing deals for, you know, if you're looking for White Sox tickets, Chicago Cubs tickets coming up. If you want to go watch the Bulls tank, feel free. The Blackhawks struggle. Go ahead and go do that. I mean, so Blackhawks tickets are the best price they've been in years. If you want to go watch some hockey at the UC, I definitely encourage you to check out SeatGeek for that. And if you're looking at concerts, uh, I know there's Fallout Boy coming to Wrigley Field in September. And speaking of September, there's another concert that just got announced that I would like to go to. 
but it's the same night as Fall Out Boy. Childish Gambino, he's going to be at the UC, and I think that would be a great experience. Tickets for that has not come on sale yet, but you can always uh, bookmark it and have that ready to go once they do. And SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals in every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Little Wit, and we have a full house. As Nick, Brandon, and I are both here with me. Well, I guess they're here with me. And then on top of that, a draft analyst... By the way, Steve, that's going to be your new uh, title here, draft analyst. Steve Letizia, he is here to continue our talk on the NFL Combine. Steve, how's it going? And everybody wants to know, how much of this Combine did you watch? Because everyone was blown away by the 30-plus <laughs> hours of film that you watch a week. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I like the sound of draft analyst. I'm going to keep. I'm gonna, uh, change my Twitter bio, I think. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I tried to watch all of it. Um, I tried to much as, watch as much as I can. I probably missed a few minutes here and there, but... Um, and that 30 hours, as I was saying, I think that might have been a slight exaggeration. It's probably closer to 20, but, but I do put uh, try and put as much work in it as possible. There we go. At least you're correcting, you're making uh, things as accurate as possible. So Exactly. So yesterday, you recently published your offensive winners and losers from the Combine. And again, if you want to check out that article in full, head over to thebearsbros.com. But I want to begin with a couple of winners. Who stock rose over this weekend, in your opinion, and maybe keep it focused on a few players that Bears fans should kind of keep note on? Sure. So the one um, I led off with in my article, uh, it's not a huge position of need of the Bears, but it's Mike Kosicki from Penn State, the tight end. Um, I expected him to do pretty well at the Combine. I didn't expect him to dominate the Combine like he did. I think he was a, a, a top performer in almost any, every category. Um, so he's kind of separated himself from the other tight ends, in my opinion, because um, as we know, the, the Combine isn't the be-all be and end-all, but it can break ties, and that's kind of what I needed to see from him. Um, so he was, like I said, he was a top performer in almost every category. He looked fluid. He looked, um, like he could run routes. He looks like he can be a mismatch at the next level. Um, I question his blocking skills still and the combine, obviously it's, it, you're not going to see much there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's still a possibility he might drop down in the second round. Um, and if the bears did get him in the second round, I mean, kind of a luxury pick at this point, but I think him and Shaheen, that'd be um, a good combination. Shaheen could be more of a blocker. Why tight end? Well, uh, Mike Kosicki can kind of uh, uh, be a move tight end. Sure. All right. So I'm looking. I'm thinking of an offense here and positions of need. I think I'm looking at offensive line and wide receiver. You can choose one, mm-hmm. but uh, what's the player at either of those positions that kind of stood out and maybe uh, got themselves on the Bears' radar over the weekend? Um, yeah, sure. I'll start with the offensive line. A guy I really liked was Desmond Harrison out of West Georgia. So he's a small school guy. We know Ryan Pace is not afraid to draft small school guys. Um, he didn't do much at the combine athletically. He, he only ran the 40 yard dash. Uh, he did run a four nine, which is pretty good for a guy who's six, six, two ninety two. Um, he actually, uh, at the senior bowl, he rated in around two seventy, which was way too light. I like the fact that he was up to two ninety two. He'll probably have to get up a little bit more, but that's a good step in the process. Um, he reminds me a lot of a guy, um, that was drafted a few years ago, Teron Armstead. He was drafted by the saints actually. And he was actually drafted by the saints when Ryan Pace was in their front office. Um, he's more of a developmental pick. Um, he's going to probably not be able to play year one, but you can stash him on the practice squad maybe, or or maybe just as a backup year one. And then in year two, he might be able to um, replace Charles Leno or Bobby Massey, whoever whoever you need to replace. So he really impressed me. Uh, like I said, he didn't do much athletically, but he did do the on-field drills, and he was beating people to the spots. He was 
he was just on a different level athletically than everyone else. Um, so I was really impressed by him. Awesome. And then, I was actually just um, going to say, go right over to receivers. And Nick, if you want to chime in here too, I know you talked about them in your article that dropped today in terms mm-hmm. of people who've impressed, but uh, I'll let go ahead and Steve kick it off and then Nick, you can feel free to chime in. Yeah, I'll start off with um, another guy who's probably a uh, late round draft pick, maybe maybe mid rounds, but it, I, I mentioned around our pre-combine um, discussion as well, Antonio Callaway from Florida. Um, like I said, he has off-field issues, um, but as long as Ryan Pace feels comfortable um, and does his homework, which I'm sure he will, I would be perfectly fine with um, selecting him maybe later in the in the draft. He did run a four four one, which is really good, obviously. Um, so he showed he has the speed. He he didn't do much more athletically, but he also looked well uh, looked pretty good on the field. Um, but I, most importantly, I was just wanted to see how fast he would run, and that four four one really caught my attention, especially as a guy who you can get later on in the draft. Yeah, and a guy I liked at wide receiver, Christian Kirk from Texas A&M. I thought he had a pretty good combine, and I think he ran a 4-4-4. I, I believe, I don't know if that's uh, uh, completely yeah. accurate, but it was around there. But, yeah, a guy that's going to work primarily in the slot. Work, it did a lot of punt return and kick return stuff at Texas A&M, and right now the Bears don't have any solidified kick returners. They have Tariq Cohen at punt returner right now, but that's a guy that can be an immediate – he can make an immediate uh, – impact right there at that position obviously he's going to compete in the slot because you know Kendall Wright had a good season and have a great season and you get a young guy in there who can be maybe that go-to guy for Trubisky especially on those you know when it's third down where you need to convert it down Kirk is a guy that's you know shown that he can do that and I mean like I said he had a good combine ran a good time and could definitely be a contributor if the Bears were to draft him uh projected probably that's you know, second round, obviously the bears have a pick there. Maybe that's what they go, depending on what they do with that first pick and who they get in free agency. But Christian Kirk from Texas A&M is a good guy that I like. Sure. Brandon, go ahead with your question for Steve. Yeah. Um, one thing that I just kept in mind, uh, throughout the combine when watching these wide receivers, since we're on the topic, uh, I kept tallies of drops just cause it kind of kept me focused a little bit more, uh, something to watch for. And they kept saying, you know, our Reggie Wayne, our, uh, combine insider, uh, from NFL network, uh, kept saying, you know, don't worry about the drops, all about how the quarterback throws and releases the ball. But when you're wide open and the ball hits you in the hands, uh, like, is that something that you kind of put a little red flag by or something? Yeah, uh, you. I think you have to. You can't just ignore right. it. Right, uh, that's what I, I thought know, too. You can't put too much stock into it, but you can't ignore it at the same time. You got to take everything uh, in stride. But as you guys mentioned earlier, Calvin Ridley had a lot more drops than I anticipated him to have. Um, so I think if you drop one, you know, maybe that's just an aberration, but if you drop a couple, that's something you definitely have to put a red flag on. Yeah. Brandon did really lead the day, uh, with drops by at least your count. By my count. Yes. He led the day with five drops and there was one that could have been six, but like Nick said, he didn't quite make it to the corner on the post corner route. So, (laughs) Okay. All right, guys, I want to transition over to defense. And on Monday, I thought the defense, defensive backs really put out a strong outing. Uh, Steve, I want to know, did anyone uh, show up enough to maybe warrant the Bears taking them in the first round at number eight, in your opinion? Yeah, defensive back, actually, uh, Jair Alexander from Louisville. Um, I really liked him. He, I really liked him uh, before. He had a really good 2016 year. Um, he was injured and inconsistent in 2017. Um, but as I saw someone tweet, I can't remember what who it was, but they said, uh, blue chip skills don't dissipate. And that's how I look at Jair Alexander. Um, he needed to have a good combine to kind of get back to that 2016 form. And he did, he ran a four, three, eight, which is blazing fast. Um, he also had an under four second, 20 yard shuttle. So he, he showed a lot of, um, good movement skills. Um, and, uh, he just looked really fluid in the drills. Um, so I think he actually played his way into the first round and he might've played his way into the top of the first round. 
Um, wow. If the Bears do go corner in the first round, I would probably be Denzel Ward. Um, but he's been kind of getting some first-round top 10 hype as is. So I just wanted to uh, kind of highlight Jair Alexander. Sure. I go definitely for that. And tra- I was fi- end today's discussion on the Combine by taking a look at Edge. Uh, Steve, I'll let you begin. And Nick, I want you to chime in because you wrote about that as well today. Uh, Steve, I know your article on defensive winners and losers are is going to drop tomorrow on the website. But uh, if you want to give people a sneak peek, who's maybe an Edge player that rose their draft stock? Um, well, I've wrote about I've written about this guy before, um, and I really like him. But Harold Landry out of Boston College, um, he 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 showed up um, at two fifty two, which is which is a good weight for him. Um, I thought he was going to be a little less than that. Um, his arms are a little shorter than I thought, but I don't think that's a huge issue. Um, but he ran a four six forty at two hundred fifty pounds. But most impressively, he he dominated the agility drills, which is what you really need as an edge rusher. He showed explosiveness. Um, I think he should be in play for the eighth pick. Um, I've heard a lot of mixed feelings on that from Bears fans, but I would take him at eight, no, no question. So he really impressed me. And then another guy who's a late round pick, um, who did really well. I'll just mention him quickly. Um, is uh, I think his name is Ade Aruna from Tulane. He dominated the the athletic testing. Um, I didn't see. I don't remember him really stand out in the on field drills. He might not even do it. I can't remember. But the athletic testing uh, um, was really off the charts. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. And Nick, anyone else you want to kind of? add to this discussion yeah someone at edge who i think would be a good uh fit for the bears is lorenzo carter from georgia and immediately reminds me of leonard floyd six foot six 250 pounds but his 40 yard dash ran a four 4.50 so i mean this guy was blazing down i remember uh we looked at it we all looked at each other when we saw him do that we're like man this is a tall lengthy dude and he just ran that time pretty good for him but i think that this guy would be a capable pass rusher he's uh watched some of his tape he's capable of dropping back into coverage and if you put that with leonard floyd who could do the exact same thing who's coming who's rushing who's dropping back into coverage the offenses are going to be guessing each and every time so i think that's a guy maybe the bears can look at a little bit later obviously the bears had a third round pick that's probably where mm-hmm. he's projected to go but they just don't so who knows maybe bears trade back maybe they obviously get some more picks but yeah lorenzo Carr is a guy that i really liked All yeah right. I, I just want to say I, I really liked him too. Um, I think I would be okay with drafting him in the second round if they had. I mean, obviously you don't have a third round pick, so you're gonna have to take him where you can. So if he were the second round pick, like you said, I think it'd be a perfect compliment to Leonard Floyd. Definitely. Awesome. So Steve, I just have one more question for you, and I'm gonna put you on the spot. And I know for agency hasn't begun yet, but right now with the eighth pick, the Chicago Bears select who? Ooh, you did put me on the spot. I wasn't prepared <laughs> for this. I know. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it kind of depends on who's there. But if it were up to me, I would draft Quentin Nelson. Um, I'm starting to think he won't be there. But yeah, I see, yeah, I got you, Brandon. Don't worry. Um, yeah, so if Quentin Nelson's on the board, I think that's a no-brainer pick. You know, anytime you have a chance to get a guy who's just who's going to be an All-Pro, you know, you can almost like chalk it up now. You got to just take that chance. You just got to take him. Mister Trenches approves of that pick. I I take it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, yeah, there you go. Thumbs up. I want to mention that I did a poll yesterday and I only gave Bears fans four choices because that's all you get on Twitter. Um, as of those, I gave them Quentin Nelson, Calvin Ridley, Tremaine Edmonds, and Denzel Ward. And out of that group, I know it's a limited group, but 48% of Bears fans want to go with Quentin Nelson if they had to choose between those four. So I think Quentin Nelson right now is, of course, something someone that the Bears fans want to get behind and go ahead and take it eight. Nick, do you agree or disagree with that? I'm going to disagree right now. I think that there are capable guys that you can get at guard in free agency. And the the thing is, I think Quinn Nelson is going to be a phenomenal player. The thing is, um, it's he is a guard. It's not like 
to where he's going to make a huge difference moving forward. I think you can get a guard and they can, you know, do great things and the offense is still going to be able to run. But if you get like a playmaker, even on the defense, uh, you know, uh, I, obviously I'm going to say like a Josh Jackson or something obviously like that. That's a gonna different, that. Obviously I'm going to say that. Why wouldn't I? But um, you get somebody like that, you can change games. You get that game winning pick six or, you know, that breaks up a pass, but at guard, you know, obviously you can make that key block to get, spring somebody open, but I'm just, I'm just not looking for a guard right there at that position. I want to it. I want to see what the Bears do. He might not even be there. We know Tampa Bay at seven needs a guard, uh, needs some offensive line help, so maybe they take him. But I'm going to go elsewhere with that eighth pick. Awesome. All right, guys. Any final questions for Steve before we let him go and have his work meeting that starting in about five minutes? Yeah. No, I'm okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you again, Steve, for taking the time to join us. It was a blast to hear your combine insight. We got way more from you than we did just sitting there watching the screen. So we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Anytime. All right. Sounds good. Take care, man. All right. See you guys. All right. So up next, we're going to begin warming up for the impending free agency period. But first, I want to remind you about our free Bears jersey giveaway. As of right now, we only need 49 more reviews on iTunes for Apple Podcasts to give away a free Bears jersey. So once we reach 200 reviews, we'll go ahead and we're going to pick a winner from it. So remember to put inside your Twitter handle in that review so we know who to contact because uh, we don't know who you are by your username. So make sure you can do that. And if you don't have a Twitter and you still want to do that, just email us and let you know, hey, I submitted this review and just put your username in it and I'll definitely include you in this giveaway. And if that's too much for you and you don't have like an iTunes or an Apple podcast account, just leave a review over on our Facebook page and we'll include that as well. But yeah, when we started this, we needed a hundred. We only need 49 more to go. So we're over, we're already past the halfway point. I want to give away a jersey. Nick wants to get away a jersey. Actually, I think Nick wants another jersey as well. But uh, Brandon, I know he wants to give away a jersey too. So definitely help us out. And in, in return, we're going to give away one free Bears jersey once we reach 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Alrighty, so free agency begins in pretty much one week. In six days, teams are going to be allowed to begin contract negotiations with players, and we're only eight days away from players being able to sign contracts with new teams. Exciting times are ahead. I mean, we talked about it all February. Can we just get to March? Can we just get to March? Well, March is here, and I'm excited for it. So, guys, I want to go ahead and go through our positions of need and highlight a few players to watch, whether it be a big-time splash next week or maybe an under-the-radar signing during that second or third wave throughout free agency. And let's go ahead and begin on offense. And, Brandon, I want to go ahead and be nice to you. We're going to start with offensive line. And so, Mr. Trenches, I want you to go ahead and kick this thing off. What's an offensive lineman that you want to see brought over to Chicago? Uh, I have Zach Fulton, kind of an under-the-radar guy. He was a guard in Kansas City, and he's only 26. He knows Matt Nagy's offense, and he's still got some room to grow. I mean, he's listed as guard and a center in some of the places that I've seen, so I think that there's some extra value brought in there that some people may overlook as a guard that's not highly regarded, but I think there's a, there's a very good potential with Zach Fulton there. <laughs> not highly regarded. Not I highly see what you did there, and I yeah. like it. <laughs> um, I want to actually bring something up here with him. He's on my list, too, and I put some notes on him. He's only 26 years old, number one, so he's young. And he played uh, last season 755 snaps in place of a, the injured center, and he did really well. In fact, he gave up zero sacks out of 467 pass-blocking snaps. And he's only projected to make maybe about $1.3 guaranteed per season. So that might be a really enticing person who already knows the system, who can come in and be a guy who can plug in. And Ryan Pace mentioned that Cody Whitehair's position is not going to be solidified either at center or guard until they know who they bring in here to Chicago, and then they're going to kind of find out where the pieces best fit. So Fulton's someone who's on my radar as well. But Nick, I want to go over to you. Uh, what's an offensive lineman that maybe you're looking into? Yeah, I mean, he's on my list as well. But I, if the Bears want to get younger at the position and get probably 
the best guy right now on the market. I mean, Andrew Norwell from Carolina is the guy that you, you know, potentially the Bears can go for. Obviously, uh, he's only he's only 26 years old. He'll turn 27 in October. And that's going to be a great replacement for Josh Sidden. Obviously, him being a little older, you still get a very good quality player. And he's just younger. Um, Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. If the Bears, you know, this is a piece that the Bears can move with and he's going to, you know, go with them moving forward. it be in the future plans for the Bears. But this is a guy that's, you know, we always say when he, if you plug in this guy, he's not going to skip a beat. I think that'll be the case if you plug in a guy like him who's got in the prime of his career right now, going to be 27 years old. Just are the Bears willing to spend that money? And we know the Bears have money. Are they willing to spend it maybe on a free agent guard? We don't know, but that's a guy that, again, you can plug in. You're not going to have to worry about that position. He's going to be next to Cody Whitehair, Kyle Long. Hopefully he's healthy. That's a, that's a good interior offensive line right there if you bring in Andrew Norwell from the Carolina Panthers. I can't argue with that at all. I mean, of course, Norwell, he is like the cream of the crop in terms of the free agency class on the offensive line. And again, I'm the more I look into this, the more I'm thinking about where all the needs are. I don't know if the Bears want to go ahead and put all that money into a guard like that. Because, Nick, you mentioned it with uh, Quentin Nelson, just like how you don't want to maybe invest a first round pick in like a guard because you can find them. You can find them to come in, plug in and still be a pretty much a suitable part of the offensive line without having to either invest a high pick or maybe a ton of money in someone. So I looked at like the cheaper route and two names that kept coming to mind are Weston Richburg. He's from the Giants and Jack Muhort. Both of them are 26 and both of them kind of have a similar story where their career started pretty well. And then injuries have kind of taken over over the past season or two. Um, when I'm looking at Richburg, what I like, he was pretty much borderline elite, at least according to Pro Football Focus in 2015. Uh, the Giants, they had someone named Brett Jones take over in his place last year after uh, Richburg went down to an injury. And I think they're going to look to resign him long term. And so Richburg's kind of like the odd man out here. So I, what I like about him is, of course, he's young. He has a lot of talent. The question, of course, is injury. And then looking at Muhort, of course, another one is injury concern. What I like about him, he has experience at right tackle and both guard spots. So he's someone who can play on all facets of the offensive line. Um, he played 979 snaps since 2015. So that's, of course, showing just over the past two seasons how banged up he's been. But he's a former second round pick who's only 26, still has the potential. So I like that as well. And going back to uh, Richburg real fast, he's someone who played at center pr uh, primarily. He also can play guard. But again, it's another center, which I think the Bears can find more value at center in free agency if they want to go that route. And then if that's the case, they can either test one at guard or maybe kick Cody White here out because Pace opened that window, and I think he did for a reason. I think he knows uh, what the market's like, and I think he's going to try to find the best offensive lineman in terms of the interior, regardless of position, and then they'll make it all kind of work out. Guys, any other things or players you want to mention on the offensive line? No, I mean, we also have Eric Cush. I know he's not a for well, technically. I mean, uh, the guy that obviously was injured, but that's just a guy on our current roster that 
could be, you know, maybe not a starter, but a good backup. Just to keep that in mind. Another guy, um, just to mention out here for, you know, just the sake of mentioning people, Josh Klein, uh, the guard from the Tennessee Titans, only 28 years old. The, they actually, the Titans actually claimed him off the Patriots, uh, team. So a guy that, you know, did pretty well for them. So maybe that's another guy that the bears are going to be looking to, if they don't want to spend that premium amount of money, like on a Norwell, who I think is expected to go to the giants anyway, but, uh, maybe that's a guy that they go for just if they're not looking to spend as much money, but again, you want to keep Trubisky upright. So I'm pretty sure the bears are going to invest in a quality guy, a quality player to help replace uh, Justin. Yeah, no doubt about it. Mr. Trench has any final thoughts on your offensive line. I wanted to bring up the Eric Cush thing as well. I mean, he's a guy in the past who stepped in uh, for guys who were injured, and it, you know, you wouldn't have guessed that it was Eric Cush that was out there just because he was able to hold his own and keep our quarterback at the time upright. It wasn't Trubisky; it was a combination of four guys. Uh, <laughs> so it, I, I don't think he's he's going to be a bad choice if they decide not to go with offensive line and decide to address that in the draft. Okay, sounds good. That's all I have on the offensive line. So let's move on. We'll stick with offense. Let's get look at wide receiver. And Nick, I'm going to go let you go ahead and begin this one. I mean, you can talk about names like Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, depending on how things go. I'm curious, uh, when you're looking at free agency, who are some players you're looking at? Well, Jarvis Landry now being tagged, it's like, I think now the guy, and a lot of Bears fans are really excited, Allen Robinson. I mean, this is a guy in 2015 who set crazy records for that franchise. I mean, it was what 14 touchdowns, 1,400 yards, some cr- outrageous numbers. And you got to think, uh, Ryan pace in the Chicago bears. They got to look into trying to acquire him if they can't get Landry. And we know there was a, a trade rumor, which maybe not be, maybe not so much of a rumor. Maybe the bears are definitely trying to talk about Landry and that Howard deal, but Allen Robinson, the guy you got to look at maybe Paul Richardson's the guy who's going to hit the free agency market fast guy can get, get down the field has injury issues albert wilson um obviously from kansas city i think that's a guy that is most likely expected to be in chicago i think that that's that one's just gonna happen um but those are some guys that i'm really looking at um maybe like you throw in a taylor gabriel a guy that can just burn down the field but other than that i mean i i think that's like your cream of the crop those those guys that i mentioned that maybe Ryan Pace is going to look at to address him because he's got to get one of these guys. He's got to get somebody because that wide receiver group definitely needs some help. Yeah, and I know it's already came out that uh, the Bears are expected to kind of go after at least two wide receivers again this year in free agency. And of course, Allen Robinson made my list. I mean, he did well with Blake Bortles a couple seasons ago. Not the Blake Bortles from last season, the Blake Bortles from a couple seasons ago. So I'm just imagining what he can do with Trubisky and of course a better scheme than they had in Jacksonville at the time. That gets me excited. Albert Wilson, I mean, you pretty much hit everyone on my list, but I just want to give a little bit more insight on him. Uh, Robinson, by the way, only 24 years old, so there's still plenty of football ahead for him. Uh, of course, the inj- issue is injury concern, but I think we have hope that Cam and Meredith to be okay. I think you just have to have the same kind of faith in Allen Robinson. I understand the money uh, might make you a little bit more hesitant, um, but when you look at you know Wilson, I think he's a guy who can take over Kendall Wright's uh, slot duties. He's only 25. He was with Coach Nagy for each of his three years in Kansas City, and what I like about him is his catch perception. Last year, he had 56 targets gone his way. He caught 75 percent of those balls and I you know that he's shirt-handed that's evident there and on top of that he averaged 7.5 yards of yak per reception so he not only can catch the ball well and consistently but he knows how to gain additional yardage with the ball in his hand so that's something that I like and he's gotten better each and every year and if he comes here to Chicago I expect to continue as he's going to continue to work with coach Negi and a little bit on Paul Richardson um, I think that you know he's young. He has potential. It's kind of hard to tell because Seattle's offense is weird. It's like one guy can get 12 targets one week, zero the next. And it's 
off and on, off and on. So you don't know what you're going to get with Paul Richardson. I think what you saw that there's talent. I just question um, his consistency, I guess. And then, of course, another name, Sammy Watkins, that I've seen linked to the Bears as well. Someone who kind of got lost in the shuffle. I mean, pretty much his whole career, but injuries over in Buffalo, goes over to the Rams, uh, wasn't able to produce. He got a decent amount of touchdowns, but he just wasn't able to be like a consistent factor in their offense. So just some names that are out there that are connected to the Bears. It'd be interesting to see who they're going to bring in. But B, I'll go to over to you. Is there anyone who we haven't mentioned yet? I know that was a huge list. Uh, yeah, you guys pretty much touched on any guy that I wanted to have. Um, but I, I do expect this to be the one position that the Bears are going to spend a lot of money on, uh, whether it be Allen Robinson or Albert Wilson. Uh, but they could also go young with guys like Dante Moncrief, uh, wide receiver from the Colts. I mean, who really hasn't played all that well if Andrew Luck's not his quarterback, but you put Trubisky in there, maybe he's a guy that kind of excels again. And then the inconsistent Mike Wallace of the Ravens. I mean, he's a downfield threat that the teams are going to have to account for in their game plan. Uh, even like I said, as inconsistent as he's been, it might be someone just to have for a, a strategic standpoint of the game. Like they have to account for him. Sure. I don't know if I would bring in Mike Wallace, but I know I understand no, your reason behind either, it at least. Uh, yeah. And we talked about everyone else. <laughs> right. That's why I just threw that one out there. Cause I don't have any other names. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> next time I'll let you go ahead and go first for the next position. But Nick, you have a couple things you wanted to add? Yes. So John Brown's supposed to uh, hit free agency. I was actually in line at the airport and John Gruden was right in front of me. And he was just talking about some players that he wants to keep, wants to go get. But he's like, John Brown is a guy. And he said it in his voice. I won't imitate it because it's probably awful. But he wants to get John Brown. So maybe that's a guy that if you see the Raiders, uh, go get him. You heard the scoop right here first. And then another guy. Well, this is just something I want to ask you guys. Is it weird that the Jaguars are going to allow Allen Robinson, who I think you said is going to be 24 years old, it's going to hit free agency? Do you think that the Jaguars know something that you know most of you know the league doesn't? I mean, they'd rather keep Marquise Lee over Allen Robinson. I mean, that just seems weird to me. I think um obviously Blake Bortles is not your a great quarterback. Uh, they like to run the football there. Their play defense. Do you think that's a factor in why that the the Jaguars would just let a cal a, you know a great player like him hit free agency at being so young? I know the significant injury happened with the ACL tear, uh, only playing in the one game uh, last season. So, do you think that's a factor? Do you think that he's not you know healed right, or what? What do you think? Why do you think he's like able to hit free agency and that's not an issue for them? Money. I I don't know exactly the Jags cap ish uh, cap like health, but I'm pretty sure it's like less than 20 million, which of course, uh, when you want to kind of take that next step, because they were very close last year, if they want to take that next step, it's, it's going to have to, uh, you're going to have to kind of beef up some other positions. I think wide receivers, one that they kind of live, you know, pretty well without him last year. So I think he's now, uh, the odd man out. I think you could bring in Lee a little bit cheaper than you would a Robinson. And I think Robinson knows, you know, his market value as well. So I don't think he would sign for anything uh, much less than that. Again, he's 24. He wants to go. He's a big guy who can go and become a team's perhaps their number one. And there in Jacksonville, uh, I think they are more of a committee, which I think we can agree. We want to do the same thing here in Chicago, but I forgot the exact number. It could even be as low as 14 million there in Jacksonville. And they just have so many other uh, people they need to re-sign, bring back. And I just think there's just not enough money for that to go around. But yeah, I don't think there's like anything underlying in terms of the injury. I think he's going to be fine. And of course the bears will uh, get to look at that too. They won't make a decision unless they know that he has a clean medical B anything else you want to speculate there. I was going to say cap as well. Uh, but like you said, the doctors, our doctors are going to evaluate him and be able to decide if he's going to be worth it or not. Because that was the other thing that, you know, maybe their doctor's kind of like, well, it might be better to have Marquise leave just because Allen Robinson's going to ask for a lot. That ACL is not going to be worth it. That might sure. be the only other thing, but we'll do our own evaluations on him, I would 
at least would hope so anyway. <laughs> they definitely would. They definitely would. And real quick, while we're on the topic of wide receivers, Nick, I know you're listening to Mitchell Trubisky talk a little bit before we went live. Do you want to mention uh, some of the comments that he had about Kevin White? Because those kind of took me a little bit by surprise and also very, it has me a little bit excited. Not going to lie. No, yeah. Kevin White was, I mean, Kevin White. Uh, Mitch was on the 670 score just talking about uh, what he's been doing in the offseason. But just from listening to him, he sounds very excited. Like he is genuinely, he cannot wait for the season to begin. And he talked about Kevin White, who's also, in California with them just they're kind of hanging out and uh they're working out uh you know a couple times while they're out there and he's like he's got a lot of faith in Kevin White you see that he's you know physique wise Kevin White is probably you know top tier guys you know with his physique but he's very excited with him just from what they've worked on in, in California just you know doing some couple of routes and stuff he he thinks he's ready to make a you know have a good season he has all the faith in him but again Mitch Trubisky sounded so excited to be on the show he's like I cannot wait and well his message for Bears fans like guys get ready for the season because we cannot wait for it get to, to start it basically he's like I can't wait to get my playbook master it take control of this offense take the sleep in year two I mean everything you want to hear he basically said it but you could just hear from his voice he sounded like a fan of the Bears but he's the franchise of the Bears. It was awesome <laughs> to hear. So Mitch Trubisky is ready for the season to start. That's awesome. Now, like you said, that's everything you want to hear out of your franchise quarterback, just the excitement level around this team. And it really echoes things that we heard from Coach Nagy, Ryan Pace, Mark Helfrich, uh, George McCaskey when we we're in Indianapolis. So for all of that to kind of just like coincide with one another. And right now, uh, coaches and players aren't allowed to per, you know contact one another. So for them to have that shared enthusiasm it's very exciting. It really, really is. All right, so moving on over to tight ends. Brandon, I'm going to let you begin because we kind of let you shorthand the last time. That's okay. I only have one because I really don't know that the Bears are going to spend much on this position seeing as it's technically full. I know we're all kind of expecting Deion Sims to get cut, uh, but with Adam Sheen and Daniel Brown there as well, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be one that they spend a lot of money in. Uh, so I have Levine Toiliolo from uh, Atlanta. I mean, he's 27. He's already got some Super Bowl experience, uh, and I just think that kind of realistically with kind of the money left over, I, th I do anticipate the Bears spending a lot at wide receiver. I'm just going to be 100% honest. That's why I don't have tight end as a very high-priority item, especially with three guys already on the roster. Sure thing. Nick, any tight ends on your radar? I thought you were going to say Trey Burton, uh, Brandon. I thought that was going to be no, your I, guy. I figured that was going to be Will, so I just kind of yeah. left it to gotcha. him. Gotcha. So. <laughs> uh, another guy that I have who, this maybe, this is a stretch, but maybe a Tyler Eifert. This is a guy who's been injured for the you know a good portion of his career, but he has a lot of potential. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field to showcase it. And a bigger tight end could definitely, uh, you know, have him run routes down the field. Uh, this is a guy, maybe it's a one-year deal. Prove it. And we know Pace likes to do that a lot. You know, have these guys who, um, you know, come from different teams, prove it and, you know, get extended. But Tyler Eifert, maybe. But I, I think Trey Burns like the guy that the Bears are going to go after. It just makes too much sense coming from a familiar system playing in Philadelphia. Um, you know, being a younger tight end, you can get rid of Deion Sims, be a good compliment to Adam Shaheen. So that one just makes too much sense. But maybe that stretch might maybe a Tyler Eifert. Maybe they try it out. All right. Yeah, uh, Trey Burton, I think he's the obvious one. We talked about him, I think, in at least maybe three to four episodes already this offseason. So I don't think there's really any need to go ahead and beat the dead horse. But for me, another guy, maybe a backup, uh, a plan B at tight end, maybe like an Austin Safarian Jenkins from Tampa Bay. I mean, he's a former high second round pick who's someone who was, who was highly considered to become a first rounder uh, during his uh, draft a couple seasons ago. He had his best season last year. He had 50 catches, 357 yards, three touchdowns. And I think 
uh, he was just limited with uh, Tampa Bay's offense, and I believe he has the tools to kind of improve with a better system around him. Uh, solid in run blocking as well, so he could be a solid tight end number two uh, if you want to pair him with Adam Shaheen. And I don't think he would cost too much money because he's been inconsistent throughout his career. Uh, he didn't live up to his hype just yet, so I think you can get him at a reasonable deal. Um, but I think, yeah, he'd be a solid option if they don't land someone like a Trey Burton. So maybe Safarian Jenkins from Tampa Bay could be a backup uh, a contingency plan uh, for the Bears at tight end. But let's go ahead and flip it, and let's talk about the Bears' defense. We have a couple holes on that side of the ball as well. And let's start with defensive line. And, Brandon, I'm going to go right back to you. Uh, who's someone on your radar? Uh, I have two of them. I have Coney Ely uh, from the New York Jets because he can either play with his hand in the dirt or he could be a stand-up guy if we wanted to be. He was kind of similar to Akeem Hicks in a way. He played very well to start the year, but then kind of tapered off because he was more than likely, just like the Bears with Akeem Hicks, kind of the only pass rush that they had. So if we get Ely and combine that with uh, Akeem Hicks and you kind of you know combine those two guys, you'll get a, a full season out of those two guys, right? Like Logically speaking, mathematic-wise, you get a full season out of those two guys <laughs> playing well throughout the whole year. Uh, but then the second one was Benny Logan and those tackle from Kansas City. He played on a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, he had 52 tackles in the second half, so he's not a pass rusher. But he can definitely play the run, and I think that's intriguing as a guy who could possibly come in and uh, give Eddie Goldman some some relief here and there. Yeah, which we all know is very important for the Bears up front. The rotation adding to that, I think, is just a big key right now. Um, when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at Coney Ely as well. He made my list. I mean, I put his uh, well former teammate now, Muhammad Wilkerson, on there as well, just for a name, someone who's been, you know, Bears fans been wanting, so maybe. But I just don't know if Pace wants to gamble on someone with uh, the character issues, uh, the will to play football. The, he's got suspended for not even showing up to team meetings or showing up late. So it's just, do you want that kind of guy? Could the Bears maybe change his attitude a little bit? Just questions you have to keep in mind. And then another one is a Trent Murphy from Washington. He had 10 sacks two seasons ago in 2016, but last year in camp, he tore his ACL and MCL. So, of course, uh, that gets me a little nervous as well. But the 10 sacks two seasons ago uh, gets me intrigued. So, And he's also one of those hybrid defensive end edge rushers as well. So maybe it's a Trent Murphy if the Bears think that he's healthy enough. But again, and I know every time that we talk about someone right now, it's a lot of them have been you know, coming off an injury. Well, that's why they're going to be free agency. I mean, Pace said it, what, last week that, you know, you have to keep in mind that these guys are free agents for a reason. And I think injury is a big one. And I mean, at least it's a, you know, a theme for us right now. But Nick, how about you? I think right now when I looked at the entire like free agency class, I think defensive and defensive line is like the weakest of every single position. It's definitely not a strong one, and I was struggling to find some like guys that, yes, you can bring them in, but how much of an impact are they actually going to make? Because like you said, a lot of them are coming off those injuries. They're free agents for a reason. They haven't been productive. But I looked at Aaron Lynch. Maybe this is a guy who, you know, he's worked with Vic Fangio before in San Francisco, and he is capable of, you know, putting his hand in the dirt or standing up as a pass rusher. So maybe that's a guy only 25 years old. Um He's a guy that, like I said, he has a familiarity with Fangio, and maybe he can go back to the ways he played in San Francisco here in Chicago. And then I also have, like, Adrian Claiborne. He was healthy. He's, like, one of those guys that was healthy last season, played in all 16 games, had nine and a half sacks. Six of those did come against the Cowboys, where he just completely dominated, also a former Hawkeye. But this is a guy, you know, I guess, what? You're shaking your head. Got to throw that plug in there. I throw mean, it in. I, I mean, I yeah, duh. But um, Adrian Claiborne, yeah, I think maybe this is a guy who can, you know, potentially do some good things in Chicago. And before we move on to our next group, uh, someone in the chat wanted me to ask, or uh, not even ask, but they said that Brandon looks like Adam Sandler. Have you ever got that before, Brandon? Like people are saying that you yes. look like Adam Sandler. I have really? gotten the Adam Sandler before. Adam Sandler and Luke Bryan, oddly enough. 
Huh. Yeah. Okay. So I had to mention that because people yeah. are saying, you know, who Brandon looks like Adam Sandler. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe. Maybe he needs a better camera and lighting, and then things can <laughs> we can clear that up once and for all. Well, no, I, the, the the other comparisons were actually in person, so that I don't. Well, it could have been bad lighting there too, I guess. Not <laughs> <laughs> enough sun. All right, guys, let's transition over to Edge Rushers and Nick. I'm going to go right back to you because I haven't let you go first in a while. Yeah. So, um, a guy that we've said before, and I think if Pace does take a chance at a young player who um, is coming off an injury, maybe it's Steve Ford from Kansas city. I know we guys we've mentioned this. He was a high round first round pick in 2014. So maybe that's a guy, but another guy uh, who plays on the Patriots, uh, Marcus flowers. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, you know, he's only 25 uh, years old right now. Um, he got three and a half sacks. Uh, I mean, again, you get younger at that position and you just honestly, at this point right now, the bears just need bodies because yep. they don't really have enough bodies just to have people out there. Uh, so maybe those are two guys that pace looks to address to just to get people out there to, you know, go rush the QB because right now we are very limited. Yep. No, no doubt about it. Very limited need bodies. It's tough too. It's one of those, I mean, it's an okay uh, group there for edge rushers in free agency, but nothing too wowing or too overly impressive. You're not going to go out there and get, uh, you know, a clear cut number one starter, uh, a day one starter at that. But Brandon, uh, how about you? Who's on your mind? Uh, I have a cheap kind of gamble here uh, from the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, Jerry Atucha. Uh, he got stuck kind of playing behind Joey Bosa, and he, it very well could be a cheap gamble. We don't know necessarily what he's got, a uh, previous second-round pick, so that, that might be a cheap option if they want to try somebody out. And I also have Anthony Hitchens uh, from the Cowboys. He had three and a half sacks uh, in his career total, uh, but he had 84 tackles last year. So he's, he's kind of one of those linebackers that seems to fit the Vic Fangio mold of he's going to be around the ball. Sure. And I want to add a couple guys here. I have Chris Smith from Cincinnati. He's 25. He's shown the ability to get after the quarterback and also drop back in coverage. You know, that's two check marks in Vic Fangio's book. We know like how he likes to do that with his outside linebackers. And last year was his best year. So he's playing his best football right now. And I think Fangio's the guy can who can take his game to the next level. He had four sacks, 16 hurries, you know, nothing overly impressive. Um, but I've heard that he can maybe come into a team on like on that third wave, that veteran minimum contract. And that's one of those maybe body guys that you can get a lot of value out of. So maybe you're looking at like a Chris Smith and then maybe a guy out of Washington. You have a junior Gallette. He missed both 2015 and 16 with injuries. Hello. My theme is uh, continuing on here, um, but he looked good in rotation last year. He had three sacks, nine quarterback hits, and he was only like a designated pass rusher. Uh, he is 29. So he's a little bit older, but again, someone who can maybe come in on the veteran minimum, uh, provide value and just be another pass rushing body. We all know we need that here in Chicago and over an edge. I did have Aaron Lynch as well, Nick. Um, I thought he did look really well. He had those seven sacks as a rookie. Uh, he hasn't been able to live up to that yet, but again, bring him back with Fangio. Maybe things can happen, but I like his length, his speed, his athleticism, and he's someone else who is only 24, and he has a lot of raw talent still, so maybe Fangio can be the guy to continue unlocking that or unleashing that, per se. All right, let's move over to cornerback, and just want to mention that the Bears did assign Kyle Fuller the transition tag, So, and I've heard that they're still aggressive in talks. They want to keep Fuller here long-term, so that's pretty much one corner check. We still need a nickel corner. Hopefully they bring back Bryce Callahan and, uh, of course, a number two cornerback. So, guys, looking at the corners, who would you bring in? Right now, ever since the news about Kyle Fuller broke, I'm really starting to think they're going to address this now more in the draft route. But via just free agency, who are some corners that are on your mind? And, Brandon, go ahead and kick things off. Well, actually, I had Kyle Fuller on my list when I was doing this yesterday, <laughs> but uh, he got the nice big check mark. It's done. Uh, but the <laughs> other one is Tremaine Johnson, uh, cornerback from the Rams. He's just... 
a very long um, and experienced cornerback. He just fits the prototype that Fangio likes to have on this team. Yeah, Tremaine Johnson, I know our writer on our site, uh, Devontae Tidwell, mentioned that it would be really cool if the Bears can find a way to pair Tremaine Johnson and a Kyle Fuller together. Right. He believes they can be like one of the best cornerback duos in the entire league. And I mean, it's really hard to argue against that. Johnson, he's 28, but he has he's 6'2", so he has that length. He has 10 career interceptions, and I think he'd be a good pairing. Of course, then you're putting a lot of money at the quarterback position. And I know Kyle Fuller, he's going to get a nice payday, so I don't know how much more money they want to put into it right now. So that's why I'm really kind of transitioning my focus over to the draft here. Um, but if you're looking at some cheaper options you can look at like a Bashad Breeland out of Washington he only allowed 34 catches last year and 69 targets he did have an interception he only allowed a quarterback passer rating of uh, 75 when balls were thrown his way and I think he's a good number two and he can also fit either a zone or man scheme so a lot of versatility 25 years old good number two corner that maybe can be here next to Kyle Fuller for the next three to four seasons I think that'd be a pretty good option what about you Nick any others yeah, I mean, those are two guys I had in my list, Tremaine Johnson, Rashad Breland. Uh, Malcolm Butler is also another guy. I wonder if maybe now, because of what happened in the Super Bowl and whatever really actually happened in the Super Bowl, maybe that makes his price go down just a little bit. Like, okay, what, what was the implications there that made you not play in the biggest game of the year? But uh, that's also another guy that I wouldn't mind uh, the Bears uh, you know, tagging along with um, Kyle Fuller there. He, does, he doesn't have the typical size that Fangio would want at a corner being a longer type of corner, but he's he's definitely has obviously good playoff experience, good experience in general, so he would be a good asset to have on the Bears. And another corner who I like, who I think is a very much a Ryan Pace type of guy, uh, is TJ Carey out of Oakland. I mentioned him on a podcast, I think like two to three weeks back. Um, he's a former seventh-round pick who... He, found a way to you know earn a chance, and he was someone who took advantage of his opportunity. He had 70 tackles and nine pass breakups last season. Um, he didn't get an interception, though, despite getting not his hand on the ball nine times. But I think that, of course, has him flying under the radar a little bit because it feels like you know a six-interception guy. Then you're looking at him at, I know it's a different position, but like look at last year with Quentin Demps, right? He had those six interceptions. Like, oh, wow, this is going to be exciting. Well, look what we had those first couple games with Quentin Demps. Wasn't what we thought it was going to be. So I think he's a guy who can fly under the radar. He's getting better each and every year, and he's one of those guys who had to earn each and every step along his NFL journey. So, again, seems like a pace guy, but Nick, you had some bad news for me right before we went live about TJ Carey. I did. Oh, yeah. yes, I did. Yes, that John Gruden that I mentioned who was <laughs> right in front of me. I'm like, TJ Carey, TJ Carey. Okay, yeah. But uh, John Gruden, he also mentioned when he was just talking, he was talking to somebody in line. He was talking pretty loud, too. That's why I was just listening. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Gruden wants TJ Carey back. I definitely heard him say that. So maybe that's a guy I know that you think would be a good fit for the Bears, but Gruden thinks he's a good fit for the Raiders. I mean, that's where he's from. That's where he is right now. So he wants to retain his corner. So, yeah. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast where we get our inside scoop from the Indianapolis International Airport. So <laughs> there we go. We have a new plug. But uh, all right, guys, we got through all the positions of need. And I want to know out of all of the potential free agents, if you're Ryan Pace, who do you want to bring to Chicago above all the rest? And if you're watching live, feel free to let us know in the chat. I always like to go back, look through that and find out who you're thinking of. And of course, have that conversation. That's what the chat's there for. But Brandon, out of all the impending free agents, who's the one that you want to Chicago more than the rest? Could you imagine a back a backfield on the defense of Kyle Fuller, Tremaine Johnson, Eddie Jackson, and Adrian Amos? That's that's pretty solid. That's uh, a no fly zone. I know that's kind of already been taken, but that just was the first thing that came to mind. Was there's no way that a quarterback would ever have a heyday on that that back half of the defense. 
No, no doubt about it. I mean, it depends. If we don't get any bodies at outside linebacker, the quarterback's going to oh, have true. 10 seconds to throw the ball, and then it doesn't <laughs> matter who you have back there. But no, I agree. Tremaine Johnson would be an excellent pickup if the Bears decided to go that route. But Nick, how about you? I guess right now, I, I've said before that Jarvis Landry was my guy, but since he was tagged, you have to require him in a trade now. Uh, my guy has to be Allen Robinson. Um, I know I said that I, want, I was a little wary of him because of his injury. Um, but that's got to be a guy that the Bears are thinking we need to get him on our team. He's a guy that can definitely help us out. Maybe, um, you know, he's a true number one. He would be the Bears' number one. Uh, obviously helps our receiving group, but that's a guy that the Bears need to look into getting and, you know, just kind of throw up whatever money because it's going to be very competitive. A lot of teams, a lot of teams are like thinking we're going to get Allen Robinson, the Bears being one of them. So that's the guy that I think the Bears need to go after hard. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had something different just for uh, bringing another perspective on the show, but I think I'm with you there with Allen Robinson. I mean, it's a no-brainer because he had two really strong seasons uh, for a struggling Jaguars team. At least they were struggling then. Uh, he's proven he can handle number one duties, and I think pairing him with a Cameron Meredith would be an awesome duo to watch. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Kevin White. If he stays healthy, Trubisky seems excited about him, so I mean, that's reason enough for me to get excited about Kevin White. <laughs> Disclaimer, as excited as I can get for Kevin White, we need to get there first. I understand <laughs> injuries. I know. I know. But no, I think that, of course, like I mentioned earlier, the reports that the Bears want to double dip at free agency at the wide receiver position. So again, you bring in a guy like Robertson, and I know I said one, but if you can bring Albert Wilson on as well, it just makes so much sense. And I think that turns that Bears offense into one to really look out for in 2018. All right, guys. Any final thoughts on free agency? I know it's only a week away. I'm very excited. I know you are too, but any final thoughts on it? It's going to be crazy, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of moves that are going to happen where you're just like, oh boy. All right, now what's our move You know, based off of what this team has done? Who's available now? So Pace better be ready because we know what it's been like for free agency in the past for him. So better be ready to come this free agency because the Bears have some holes to fill and they can definitely address those with uh, having a good free agent class. Right, and it's by far the most important free agency uh, class, uh, at least you know, period for Ryan Pace as the Chicago Bears GM. So it's one that if he hits this, the Bears are set up for a very good couple of seasons ahead, and I'm excited to see what the Bears can do with it. But B, any final thoughts on free agency? I'm always just interested to see the free agents we bring in and how it changes the landscape for the draft because Pace likes to build through the draft and uses free agents to kind of just plug their roster. So I'm just always interested to see how he... Uh, changes his landscape towards draft time when it's all said and done. Exactly. That's my thing. It's like once we find out who the free agency pieces are, then it helps us formulate what we're going to do in the draft. Of course, you can be surprised like we were last year in the first round with Trubisky, but other things like tight end uh, running back was a slight surprise at the time. But, you know, looking back, I understand it. We needed someone behind Howard, but offensive line. I mean, last year we kind of we figured out Eddie Jackson is safety. We needed those. So we can figure that out. So, I mean, we're going to be surprised by at least a pick, but by going through the free agency period, finding out who the Bears bring in, it's just going to really help us get a much clearer picture of what the Bears are planning to do in the draft. At least, I mean, that's the hope. All right, guys, we have one final segment to go through today, and that, of course, is answering a handful of questions submitted by you, the fans. And we want to try something different today. We'll see if it works or not. Um, if you're here watching live, which I know see, I do see a good number of you who are, and you want to ask a question, we're going to go ahead and let you submit one right now. Nick's going to go through the chat, find a couple of questions. And he's going to pick his best one to be our final fan question to be answered. Uh, so to kick off the segment, the first question comes from Steven. He wants to know, what do we think of Holton Hill out of Texas? You know, he's a giant man of a cornerback, and he has a nasty edge. So what do we think of Holton Hill? Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and let you begin. 
Uh, from what I could gather, he's got some some character issues. He was suspended from the team for a couple games, a few games here and there for violating team rules. Uh, I've seen that I was reading his draft profile, and I've seen that some scouts said that GMs question whether or not he's mature enough to handle this next step. Uh, so just kind of a red flag there for me. But outside of that, he is a big guy. It's 6'3". The uh, NFL.com had him pegged uh, in the third or fourth round. Unfortunately, the Bears don't have a third round at the moment. I think that changes. Uh, but that's definitely a guy that I think if you – Depending how much of an issue his character issues are, definitely someone worth considering about that time. Yeah, I like the height, right? Six three. I like the length that he'll yep. provide. Um, on top of that, uh, like you said, he has an edge to him. Like he's someone who doesn't shy away from contact. He's one of those guys, corners. He's an aggressive uh, guy in run support. He's one who's very aggressive in his style of play, which of course I like, especially on the Bears defense. Um, again, the character concerns is an issue. Uh, you mentioned not having a third round pick. That of course. Uh, makes it where if they do get him and if he's available in the fourth, even then I'm weary. But somehow, if he drops to the fifth round, I would consider taking a gamble on him with a fifth yep. round pick. I think that's where I'm at with him. Nick, anything you want to add on him? You know, I just wonder if Pace would actually take a guy like this because ever since McDonald happened well, from San Francisco a couple of years ago, the Pace really hasn't gotten a guy with any character issues. That hasn't been somebody's looked at to bring it on this team. Obviously, bringing a having a good core group of guys is what's important. So, yes, he made a mistake and people learn from him. But is he willing to take a guy who has had you know a suspension, who has had who has character issues, like it said? Um, I don't know. And if the Bears can definitely address um, corner and free agency, corner in the draft, maybe they don't go this route. But he is a taller guy, and like you said, he has does have that edge to him. Likes to you know get some good hits in there, but um, it would be interesting. I don't know if Pace goes that route because again, like I said, he wants to bring in those good core group of guys. Exactly. All right, moving on. We have another question from Nate and Brandon. I'm going to go ahead and give this one to you because it's about the offensive line. Oh, he wants to know: Do the Bears go out for go all out for Andrew Norwell, or do they put their money on Quentin Nelson falling to eight? I hope that Quentin Nelson falls to eight. I'm I'm all about that Quentin Nelson train right now. Uh, but I've also seen that uh, Andrew Norwell is a heavy favorite to be in New York with the G-men. Uh, so if they get Norwell, I definitely think that that's a a plus uh, because, like I said, he's or like we talked about, he's looked at as probably the best guard in the free agency pool right now. And I think they'll get a guard in free agency. I just don't know if it's Andrew Norwell. And I, if I'm Ryan Pace, I'm kind of putting my chips that Nelson falls to eight, but still having a plan B in free agency as well. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to go about it. I just don't think A, Norwell, he's going to come here. And two, I don't know if I would invest that much money right now to guard. A couple weeks ago, I was on the Norwell train. Right. When you're looking at it, you look at the other needs and things that you're hearing from the Bears, how the combine kind of shook some things up. I'm kind of transitioning over to a, maybe not even Nelson at eight, but I think you can find some starting guards in free agency to get the job done. And maybe it's you know another year or two away until you find that long-term solution. I mean, of course, you want to find it each and every year. But it might not just happen this year for the Bears. But again, I want to mention one thing. You did like Josh sit and go, so you better have a find a way to replace him or else right. you're going to look real foolish. So I'll keep that uh, in your mind as well. But the next question comes from Johnny. And Nick, I'm going to go ahead and let you answer it. He wants to know uh, our thoughts on Taquan Mazel and if he's going to stay on a roster or not, if the Bears maybe will draft a running back to replace him. And if he does stay, how does he fit within the Nagy system? Yeah, so I, I think that he is a good fit for the system. I just don't know if he's going to be the one to stay. Um, we know that we've heard these rumors about maybe the Bears possibly trading Jordan Howard for Jarvis Landry. And then if you do that, you have that spot, uh, you know, you're vacant now. Now you have to get draft a running back. And maybe that pushes Taquan Mazel off this roster because you're drafting, you know, a guy that's, you know, most likely going to be a starter. Um, but he does fit this system. So I think that. By, you know, come training camp, I think he does 
you know, make it on this roster, but it all depends if these rumors or what ends up happening there, but I'm going to say he makes it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think if he fit, of course, if he makes it, when you're looking at the system, he's just that back who can make, uh, you know, plays out of the backfield in terms of, uh, through the air, you know, he only had, in college, by the way, he only had two drops on 126 catches over his last two years in college. That's impressive for a running back. So of course he'd be good in swing routes, attacking the flat, those sorts of things. But yeah, he's just a shifty back that change of pace guy. And we'll see if he has a spot. And if he does, I don't know. I forgot who wrote it for uh, one of our articles on our website, but they said it's almost like Ryan Pace brought in Mazel with another head coach in mind. And honestly, it kind of makes sense because the Bears didn't know how to use him last year. They kept him on the practice squad. I think he barely played maybe in one game, a few snaps. But Mazel is a guy who he's intriguing. It's still something you need to take, uh, you know, with a few grains of salt. He's a practice squad player. It's kind of hard to project what he can become or what he can do here in Chicago. But yeah, I mean, things are at least enticing when you look at that running back. All right, next question comes from Brian. He wants to know, Harold Landry looks like he'd be a great pickup early in the second to the Bears. What do you think? And I'll begin. I think he's if he's still available in the second round when the Bears are on a clock, that would be an amazing pickup. But I just don't see him falling that far, especially after that strong combine. I think it put him from that first to second round tweener pick to a solidified first rounder. I mean, I love his potential to become a top pass rusher in the league, um, and, but I just think that teams were just falling in love with him after that combine performance. I don't think he'll escape the first round. Uh, Nick, anything you want to add in terms of Harold Landry? Do you think he makes it to the second? Um, you know, I think he's maybe late first, early second, but yeah, that's a guy that, uh, pass rushers are going to go early. There's not, there's a good group of them, but usually pass rushers are some of the first guys to be selected. So even if you're not that good of a pass rusher, teams are still going to pick you. So if the bears, uh, you know, maybe don't trade back or don't get additional picks, I don't know if Harold Landry is going to be there after they select maybe somebody else with their first, you know, their number eight overall pick. So he is, a, he would fit the system, you know, be that edge rusher, but I just don't know if he's going to be there past number eight, especially going for the bears with their second round pick. So it's going to be tough, but uh, he definitely fits the system. Yeah. All right. So moving on, I have another question. This one's from Nacho and he goes by Nacho on Twitter. I don't know if that's his name or not, but, and it's a question that I knew wouldn't escape. Is it worth trading Jordan Howard for Darvin Landry? And we talked about it. Like we were walking around downtown Indianapolis going back and forth on this because it's like, you don't want to see Jordan Howard go, but it almost, it makes slight sense when you think about, you can replace running back perhaps a little bit easier than a wide receiver. But then again, if you don't have a running back and you have Jarvis Landry, it's, you have another issue. How do you, who do you replace Jordan Howard with? It's really intriguing, but also it seems like it's just too complicated and it would just be too messy. And I think I would not pull that trigger, but Nick, do you agree? Would you do it or not? Uh, that's a good question. I, here, I'll just, I'll put this, give you this. So according to Brad Biggs, the bears, they, they had 60 interviews. One of them was with USC running back, Ronald Jones. Uh, you know, there's only 60 interviews. The bears can, you know, conduct or whatever. And one of them was a running back. I wonder with these rumors coming out like a day after that, I wonder if this is all coming together, making sense where, Hey, we trade, we trade Howard, get Landry. I, I don't know what else maybe you can get for them. Uh, maybe you can get another additional pick, but then seeing that they interviewed a running back, a quality running back, Ronald Jones. I don't know. It, it's interesting. I'm going to, man, is it well, worth you trading? Mentioned in, you mentioned in yeah. Indy like that the running back class is deep and it's a strong one, and they might be able to find a replacement if they decided to go this route, like second yeah. round. And you can get somebody who does look. Jordan Howard's a great runner. He is. He's a patient runner, and he did this despite you know having eight man fronts multiple like the majority of his time when he was in the backfield. 
but he he's not a guy that you can split out wide who, you know, you can extend this offense in that uh, retrospect. If you bring in a, one of these running backs that does add that element to the offense, that just expands it. So there are a lot of quality running backs in this draft. And just seeing that they interviewed one of them, it kind of makes me think that they might go this route because we said these rumors are not just rumors. The Bears must have talked about this and it got leaked out by somebody. So it's not just made up. I don't think it's just made up. That Something like that just doesn't happen. So I don't know if I, I would do the trade unless they have a set plan, a guy that you know is going to be capable of coming in, doing what Howard did, and a little bit more, which is asking a lot because he was a great runner. But um, yeah, I don't know if I do it, though. Yeah, well, I think we had like a full hour discussion on this, and we at the end of it, like, yeah, we have no clue. It's, yeah. it's it's just it's so hard to even like put all the variables in place, figure out exactly how they can do it, what they would get in return, how they replace them, and then for me personally, I wonder if Jarvis Landry is worth it because I'm someone on the side of Landry. Like, yes, he has production, but he averages less than like you know what nine yards per reception. He's someone, yes, he's consistent. He can catch the ball, but is he that game changer? I don't know about that. I really don't. So I don't know what. A, exactly what i would do and brandon i haven't let you chimed in once uh, do you want to add anything yeah i mean if if the bears can manage to get a third round pick out of this trade as well yeah i mean that would that, be that's that's a game changer because the bears don't have one so then is it worth it i don't really know and it also depends what they do in free agency because that may be a trade more discussed more around draft time i mean it's just <laughs> kind of things that you don't really know i personally do not want to give up a running back who's had more than a thousand yards his first two years. I mean, that, that just kind of speaks to me as a quality running back, even though he doesn't necessarily have the best hands, not necessarily to be a third down guy. That's why we, I think like Will said, they brought in Quan Mazel for like a different head coach. And this could be the reason if he's got hands, I mean, it very well may be uh, an option to shop Jordan Howard. Unfortunately, as much as I don't want it to happen, if, if they can get a third round pick out of it with Jarvis Landry, it, it makes it interesting. I don't know. It makes it interesting, but still very complicated. And I want to make sure to clarify, you weren't saying that the Bears could replace Howard with Mazelle, right? No. Okay, I want to make sure because yeah. I thought I might have heard it. I was like, I don't think he meant well, I, that. I, repla- I think I said replace, but definitely the wrong word. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We're getting late in the show. We're all a little fatigued. It's all right. But yeah, it's all, it's that's it's so odd. And you know, we had a few discussions with a few people in the media around there as well. It's just, it's very interesting. But for me, I just got a Jordan Howard Jersey. I don't want to see him go. I'm an Indiana university graduate. He went to Indiana university. I just have a bad luck with jerseys where I get someone's Jersey and they end up leaving the team or their career just falls apart. So I apologize in advance. If anything happens, you guys are all giving me a lot of crap for it uh, when we're hanging out over the weekend. But man, I have that Jersey is hanging up over there. And I was looking at it today and I was like, Gosh, hopefully, hopefully things don't transpire uh, like we've heard about over the weekend. But all right, getting back to the questions, I got one more for Andrew before we do next chat choice. And it's not in your notes. It's from mine. I found it late. And it's an easy one, though. He wants to know about the transition tag for Fuller. Right, choice? Nick? Oh, absolutely. I think so. I mean, knowing that it's about $13 million, a little less than that that they'll be paying him. And then whatever team offers him, they can the Bears can combat that and also you know match that offer. So I think it's definitely the right tags in, test out the free agent market. But again, I think Fuller wants to come back. The Bears want him back. So it's a mutual kind of thing there. So I think this was the right move. Yeah, I think they're just a little bit off on money. And like, you know what? We want you back. You want to come back. We need to make a decision now. How about you go see what your value is? We'll come back. We'll figure out something that's best for all parties. We have enough money to make it done. And then if we need to bump it up a little bit, then so be it. But right now, uh, I think they want to try to low, not lowball them. I don't think they're trying to do that. But I think they're trying to save money and he's trying to gain money. And they'll, they'll probably meet somewhere in the middle sometime here soon. But Nick, I want to go ahead to your chat choice question. You got one? 
Yeah, so I got one from Bacon Football. I think uh, we answered one of his questions last time. But uh, the question is, what do you guys think of Pace's free agent job in the first three years? Ooh, very mixed bag. I mean, I think if yeah. I don't want to, if you had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it like a low C overall. I mean, you don't have a lot of long-term starters, a lot of long-term solutions, a lot of stop, stop gap guys. But yeah, I think he just was waiting for the core to build. And then he was going to kind of make that splash once it's built. I think it's here now. So I'm going to judge him. Uh, a little bit more strongly from here on forward. But when I'm looking back, he inherited an aging roster. He knew he had to retool it. He told us day one, hey, I'm going to go ahead and build this team through the draft. I don't want to build it through free agency. You don't want to live or die through that. And so I think he just didn't take many risks. He brought in guys who were serviceable enough, but now it's time to change it. Go get some playmakers, go get some difference makers, fill in some holes. And I think the Bears have a good chance. But what about you, B? Yeah, I'd give it about that same grade, maybe a little closer to average with a solid C. I mean, he's brought in guys like Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, uh, Darrell Freeman, who put in a pretty quality year for us uh, last year, well, two years ago now, I guess. Um, other than that, I mean, it's just been a lot of plug guys. Uh, Prince of Mukamara, Quentin Demps for the short amount of time that he was there. Uh, Mark Sanchez, guy to kind of coach up Trubisky a little bit behind the scenes. I think those were, were somewhat smart moves, uh, and he was able to just find guys to plug in for the, the one-time that they needed him. And other than that, it's just been kind of injury filled, kind of disappointing. His first signing, uh, Pernell McPhee was kind of, you know, a lot of talk. We know, <laughs> yeah. we know what Pernell was. All right, Nick, how about you want to close it off? Yeah. So I'd give it like a C minus close to a D with the players that he brought in just because they weren't able to actually make an impact on this team. But the deals that they've signed, except for like maybe Mike Glenn, even though it was like really a one year deal, the deals have been pretty good for the bears to get out of that situation just in case these players didn't work. So in re- that did well. The players themselves were awful, most of them, except for Hicks and really Trevathan for me. Um, but the deals weren't that bad. Um, uh, one last thing I want to add here. Um, someone said in the chat that, Will, you should buy an Aaron Rodgers jersey so his career can go <laughs> up in flames. You know, that makes a lot of sense now. I don't know why I never thought of it myself. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty I funny. that's a good idea. No, I, I, I got queasy just thinking of the thought of holding it or even having it in my house, though. But yes. it would, but it would maybe uh, not be the time it doesn't work because it's, you know, you're trying to make something happen. That's just not how karma works. I don't even know if it's karma, Jersey karma, Jarma. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's real and I have it. So if someone, if you have a, like a vaccination or a cure or something, let me know. Because I, I really like to wear jerseys and buy them, but I just can't anymore. All right, guys. Any final thoughts before I close off the show? It's a fun one. Uh, I think we always have a little bit more energy after a weekend of hanging out together, seeing each other in person instead of through a screen. But uh, yeah, any final thoughts, guys? Uh, Nick, tomorrow's got to go back to... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Cool to prove to dad that he's not cool. <laughs> oh, Adam, Adam Sandler impression there it. I think that should be the way we close out this show. <laughs> I think that is the best way to do it. Okay, bye. No, but uh, no. <laughs>
Seriously, though, that's going to do it for this week's show. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Bears Brothers podcast. We've been you know, doing about one episode per week, but something tells me that we're going to have an extra one or two next week with all that free agency frenzy that's just about to transpire. I'm very excited. Everyone here is. I know you are, too. We're going to be back soon, but until next time, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.